Welcome to the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United. I'm your host, Ben Hopkins, back again with my co-host, Adam Ballinger. Balls, how are you? Oh, it's good to be back in the seat. And finally back. Two, I thought, you know, how did the numbers do on the last two? Hopefully not too good. Blockbuster episodes, <laughs> highest we've ever had. I'm surprised you're having me back. Oh, it's great. It's great to have you back. What have you been doing these last two weeks? Because I've, I've had to do the heavy lifting and yeah. I've missed you. Heavy two weeks, intense two weeks. School holidays, uh, it's kind of always a ramp up to the school holidays and having those come off uh, is always satisfying when you're done. When you're in it, you just kind of get by day by day, you know, like the the camps are fun to see like the, how much kids enjoy them it's good to see like some of the coaches we have come back every time it's good to hang out with them but they are a lot of work it's six you know six hours at least more on each side of it when the kids get dropped off and you can't leave until they leave and you got to keep them entertained and answer questions constantly like there's never any break like even if you give them lunch they're kind of like question after question after question and it's, it's all about like can I eat this? Can I go to the bathroom? Can, I, can you tie my shoe? Can you do it? But uh, so it's, it's not how it's not how do I work on my jump shot? It's some okay. Some do ask that actually, but it's usually about when we can go to the canteen. How much money can I spend? And stuff like that. <laughs> but what's it like? I guess to to see so much engagement and so many kids that are just like, I just want to be involved in basketball. I love to get out there and play. And I guess they'd love it whenever the players are coming through or the coaches are coming through. It is cool to see that. And it's at the grassroots level. Like I'm at the first level of interest in basketball. You might make the uh, assumption that a lot of those kids that do come aren't even interested in basketball. They're more interested in Melbourne United or their parents are interested in it. So they send the kids. Uh, but it is, and I'm always surprised at how excited they are for the players to come. That's the first question you get. And doesn't matter who shows up, developmental player to even somebody like CG. They're just so excited to get autographs and just hang out and ask a few questions and see him shoot half quarters. Yeah, who was the biggest star? Who who made the most half quarters? I know because when we were at the Blitz, it was the DPs were on high rotation, Malith, Campbell, yeah, and uh, and TK coming through. Yeah, uh, they didn't make many. There weren't many makes. Our, our coaches usually win those because they've got more practice shooting just <laughs> half quarters. Um, but I would say Malith. Uh, everybody's great when they come out. Malith actually did uh, a few dunks, which is I, – I didn't ask him to do that. The I, man can dunk. Yeah, he can dunk. Uh, he did it at one of the other camps. Um, but I never asked people to dunk, like dunk on demand. But uh, when you're young, I guess, and you can just dunk super easily, he was doing that for the kids. Yeah, I think he I think he once said on camera, and I'll never let him live it down, that he's got a backflip dunk in, in the bag. Did he pull that out or – Backflip dunk? No. That would be incredible. He we should need, if we, he's got that in the bag. He should do that. Put it out on social media. In a game, maybe that'd be good. First minutes coming in as a DP, just try to whip out the back backflip dunk in traffic. Just draw up a play like the backflip <laughs> dunk play. Can you do that? I don't know. Maybe. Did you see the play going going off United just for a sec? Did you see the the first play of the game that New Zealand ran for Tom Aber, Tom Abercrombie in his four hundredth? No, I didn't. They ran a they ran like screener to the middle, rolling to the outside. Everyone was like, oh, they're not going to throw an alley-oop to Tom Abercrombie. Alley-oop throw, slams at home. Shout out Tom Abercrombie. That was sick. Yeah, I, I played with him in New Zealand. He is he can jump. I mean, he's like got a 42-inch vertical. and Long arms. Still can jump. You know? His age hasn't taken too much away from him. No, well, and you were working with the kids on game day. We obviously had game one throw down. You were with the kids there on court with Jordan Lawley. What was that like to be back in that environment? Yeah, it was cool. I did not know who J-Law was. I wasn't familiar with his game. You can't say that. He's a friend of Melbourne United. Well, yeah, I know he's a friend, but he's, he's not my friend. Like, I never <laughs> met him. He didn't know who I was either. 
But uh, didn't know who you were. No, believe that oh or my not. Goodness. A J Law. I always think Jennifer Lawrence. She she wasn't there at the game. I looked everywhere. Not that I saw. Um, he was really cool to me. Like he was engaging. Like he was didn't big time it at all. He was super very, into the, very yeah. positive guy. Yeah, really personable. Took time to talk to everybody. Was like really into it with the kids and the stuff he was saying. I mean, obviously he's good at what he does. But uh, yeah, in that little bit of amount of time, you, if you're really paying attention, you could learn quite a bit. Yeah, and talk me through. I mean. We were both there, game one. The atmosphere was crazy, you know, sold out after a pretty long break, having not made finals last year and so much anticipation to see this team in the lead up and after the blitz. I just thought it was mental in there. It was, you're right. There was a buzz, like a genuine buzz. Like sometimes you try to manufacture it, but it didn't need to be at all. Uh, the whole day, like, you know, there's celebrities there. Scotty Pippen didn't hurt to have him there and people were excited. But yeah, the whole build up because we get there so early. And so you kind of feel it building and building and then you know, there's no place to sit. There's no place to walk. It's just packed and everybody there seemed to be in a really good mood. And even though it is quite a bit of work, you know, we're there from, I don't know what, we're there till midnight at, the, at least. We're yeah, there we, till midnight. We get there. At, we're the hard workers, everyone. We yeah. get the players. They we're, just rock up yeah, and play. Yeah. We, we got there at one in the Arvo and then left around midnight. Left around midnight. It's, I'm like a, I'm like a roadie for the team. That's what I say. Cause we, <laughs> we got to uh, set up all the stuff outside and then take it down immediately after the game yeah, starts. So Phoenix can put up all their stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it is a, so much work that goes into it. I had no idea why I was playing, but it was awesome. And, what else is awesome is, you know, coming away from round one, obviously one game at home, one game on the road, two wins, not the prettiest wins, but I guess it doesn't matter. What were your major takeaways from those? Because I guess that that's probably why people are listening to, to hear what you, a former NBL All-Star, has to say about these games. Well, uh, my takeaways are uh, I go off you a lot for these games, <laughs> for, especially the first two. Like, you, you know, you, you're the guy who watches them and really has to watch you know each and every game and really study them. Um, yeah, like you said, they were, they were kind of ugly. And the start of the season, you know, there's been a big buildup um, to who we have and all this positive stuff has been said about the team and all these guys that can play. But you never you never know. You really never know until you get on the court. First game of the year, first real game, you know, has been the blitz and all that. But it's not real until, you know, the ball goes up and you never kind of know how the people are going to mesh and what's going to happen. But a win is the most important thing by far. And to come away with two of those, is, it couldn't be any better. Yeah, I think the thing that jumped off the page and jumped off the court for me was just Delhi's aggressiveness. We saw him here two years ago, probably played a, a little bit more of a facilitator role and had nights where he would go off and get into the paint and sort of use his bully ball guard post moves and shoot it from three. But He's just super aggressive. He's out there. He's hunting his shot, and he's like drawing in the defense and really opening things up for everyone else. Yeah, it looks to be a conscious decision from him at the start of the year, starting in the blitz to really try and get involved uh, offensively with, with his shooting and, and scoring. Um, and it's going well so far. You know, he's playing really well. He's ball starting to yeah, it's going in, and you know, everybody it makes it easier for everybody else because you've got if you have to pay attention to him on the three point line and stuff like that, it's just going to open things up more and more. And one of the things that opens up is opportunities for Ariel. Obviously, he didn't score massive numbers, but you know his activity around the rim on both ends, I think, was awesome. And for a guy that you and I saw all of last season just putting in the work, putting in the work, putting in the work just to try to get back to where he was prior to his injury, he's flying. It was awesome to see him out there. Yeah, so active. I mean, he just affects the game in so many ways. You know, five blocks in that second game, but... That, you know, the five blocks that they counted, but then there's all the shots that you uh, affect that don't you don't actually get a stat for. And just the way he can get it and run up and down the court and 
Um, his effectiveness on the game isn't always something you can see in the stats. Like when he's out there, he you know there's a spotlight on him at all times. Yeah, and I think I mean one of the things that the entire time I've been here that Dean is always looking for is to keep teams under eighty, so under twenty on average at twenty a quarter. Did that in both those games. I guess how how huge is that as a player to come away from two games and like look, this is what we wanted to do, and we can tick that off. It might not have been the prettiest game, but we ticked off what we want to do defensively. I mean, it's huge. And I, usually teams will talk about that every quarter because every quarter, like you said, keep it under 20 every quarter. And if you're on track for that or you've been doing that, you talk about it at halftime, you talk about it at the end of the third. It's just, a, you know, something you can rely on. You know, like the ball always doesn't go in. Like you say, like this weekend, it wasn't as pretty as it usually should be. But defense should be something that is always there. Yeah, well, we've broken down the game a little bit, but we're going to go to a quick break and get to a brand new segment by Adam Ballinger called Eyes on the Ball. Melbourne United memberships are on sale now. Lock in your seat for the most exciting show in Australian sport and guarantee you're there for every highlight across next season. To find out more, go to membership.melbourneutd.com.au. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United and it's time for a brand new segment, Eyes on the Ball. Um, we talked about winning ugly um, and a win is never ugly, uh, but I, I, I know what you mean. Everybody knows what you mean when you say that. Uh, I think it's a real badge of honor like for a team you know, coming out of a, a weekend where things didn't click and it was obvious they didn't click at, at points. Um, to be able to still win those games is what makes a really good team. You know, like when it's it's easy to win when everything's flowing, and this team will flow a lot. Like things are just going to happen. The ball movement. There's too many weapons for it not to be easy sometimes. But when it's not easy, and you pull out the wins, that's um, it's a real like I said badge of honor. So you go in after the weekend. They're probably talking about the weekend and looking back. But um, I just think you know it's something to be really proud of to to go in, especially in a away game in Adelaide first weekend and not play that well, but to come back with a win. And you can only build on that. Like if if that's as bad as it's going to get, and you're still winning, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, I guess as from your own experience, when you you have a game like that and you get back into the locker room afterwards, I guess is is it sort of like a sigh of relief, being like, man, we didn't play as good as we could have offensively. Obviously, the defense was still great for United on the weekend, but we've got it done. And having this makes us know that it's only up from here. Yeah, I mean, the difference between a win and a loss can be one point, but it's it's light years in, in terms of your mood and the way the whole team feels, you know, one basket goes the wrong way and you feel terrible and you, and you know, you're looking at yourself, you're looking at your teammates, coaches are looking in or the basket goes the other way. And, you know, it's not that you're not going to look back on the game, positive and negatives, but it's just, it's nine day of, of how it feels. Yeah. Talk to me a bit about, you hear people say it a lot like, Oh, that's a dagger or that's a, like a backbreaking play in the Adelaide game. Obviously, it went our way, but I think there was, I think Delhi shot a three, it ricocheted off the rim, it's bouncing out of bounds. Shea dives into the stands, saves it, gets it back to Delhi, he hits a three, sort of builds on our lead. Talk me through what it's like on the court from either end being on the, the end of those plays. Yeah, I mean, a play like that, you're right, backbreaking as far as if you're Adelaide, uh, all, you know, all the stuff about them is they're supposed to finish last. They've already lost their first game. They didn't have a good blitz. They've they've um, already cut an import, and they were in the game. They were up, I think, four in the fourth. Um, but when you don't have the backing of the confidence, it goes so quickly. 
So they might have confidence at that point, but then once a play like that happens and then the momentum swings the other way, they don't have, you know, the built-in confidence, the built-in, you know, they haven't been hearing how good they are forever. And that can go so quickly. And everybody kind of gives up and is like, oh, well, we're not supposed to win this game anyways. This is Melbourne United. Uh, and for us, it's like it just can take one play. If we can take one play, it's like we, we should be winning. We should be winning. We're working our butts off, but it's not happening. And then an awesome play happens. The ball goes down. You see it go through the net. Everybody's up and excited. And kind of that quickly, the game can be over. I mean, it's not over yet, but it, mm. it kind of is with with momentum. Yeah. Can you talk a bit, a bit about – I've heard people say before, like, rising tide lifts all ships. Like, when you see a play like that, like, Shay just – putting it all out there to save the ball, give us another opportunity. Does that sort of go around a team just like, well, if he's going this hard, I got to go even harder. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it matters which team, it, which, which player it is, you know, like he's a guy that everyone really, really respects. He's super humble and he's out there working where, as hard as he possibly can for the betterment of the team. And when you got a guy like him doing that, that everybody already likes and respects, he's going to pull a lot of guys with him. Oh, actually everybody with him. Yeah. I mean, Shay is just, and especially when he's in the middle of a game where he goes one for 13, he misses all seven of his three-point attempts, but he's still not down on himself making those winning plays. Yeah, I, I think it's great that he keeps shooting. You know, like, you know, a guy like that who he, he probably thinks there's other great shooters around me I shouldn't keep, but if you're open, he's got to shoot it. Um, yeah, he's just a humble guy. So to, to see him have success uh, is, is nice. You get him at the camps and he, I have to get him to talk about himself. <laughs> he can't do it. He won't do it. He, won't, he, yeah, he will not talk about himself. No, I remember my first year here. We had he had a strung together a really good run of form. We tried to get him talking about himself in the media conference. He can't do it. Yeah. I asked him one question about Ariel. He's he just yeah. beaming. He's just like, oh, me and A. That's the connection. Yeah, yeah, and that that goes a long way in the locker room, honestly. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about another humble guy, another guy that didn't get down on themselves when they were missing shots. Um, I'm going to read off a few stats to you. I want to see if they um, ring any bells. So 1,419 points, 657 rebounds, 333 <laughs> blocks. Do you know what stats I'm reading out, Balls? I think those are my high school stats. I only know that because it was just on. Twitter. Yeah. Well, in the two weeks you weren't on, uh, first team all state, what was that, 1998? 1998, yeah. 2023 silver anniversary team, the Bluffton Tigers. Yep. I never knew I was doing this. Like, I knew you were a great <laughs> player, but you're, you're Indiana basketball royalty. Yeah, it goes back a long way. Well, to make – so growing up, the Indiana All-Star team is a huge deal. And, like, so there's, what, 10 or 12 maybe high school players that make it each year uh, from a small school. And that was my goal. Like, uh, you know, there was one other guy that had done it, I think. There's probably a couple, but there's one guy, Bob Perkheiser. He played for Purdue, went over to Europe and played. Um, and he had his jersey in – Everyone knows Bob Perkheiser, yeah, of course. Perk. Yeah. Had his jersey in a, in our you know terrible high school like glass like trophy case, and I always looked at it and I was like, I, I want to do that. And then to be able to have done that, uh, it was a big deal. It's one of the things that I've done through basketball that, I'm, that I was really proud of. Did you cry when you were selected? No, I didn't. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. You're an emotional guy. Uh, I don't. Well, I don't know. Um, you're putting me on the spot now. <laughs> I'm not emotional. We've got no guests, so I've got to grill you. <laughs> uh, no, I did not cry, but it's something. I, like, I still got my practice jersey. I wear that every now and then for the fun of it. <laughs> it really sounds like you're going to say, I wear that every night. <laughs> <laughs> I wear that to bed every night. Uh, but that was kind of, you know, it just solidifies. Like, if you're any Indiana All-Star, you know, you're, you're pretty good in high school. And it was something that was really important to me. Yeah, well, I know you'd, you'd love to keep talking about you, but we got to get back to United. This is a United podcast, Paul's. 
Sunday coming up, the grassroots game, nearly a sellout. Going to be so many people there. Coming up against Tassie, which has become a bit of a rivalry at United, Tassie and United. Take us through your thoughts heading into the game. It's obviously going to be one that's hard fought. Take us through it. Um, Tassie, great uniforms. Um, but they are like, you know, they, they follow their coaches like a hard, really hard line team. Is that the word I'm looking for? Like hard nosed. Hard nosed. There you go. I was going to say hard asses, but <laughs> you can block that out. Um, yeah, exactly. And that's how they play. And they always play that way, no matter at home or on the road. And they have played well against us and we have lost games to them that we should have won. And we know that and they know that. So that's going to give them confidence throughout the whole game, no matter where they're at. And if it's a close game, those thoughts can start creeping in. Uh, but it's one of those things, like if you get over that hump, you kind of get that monkey off your back. And um, yeah, it's a good test. I mean, we're 2-0, but you know, every team in this, in this competition can win on any night. Mm. Both teams are coming in off seven or more days rest. How much does that sort of build in, perhaps not in the rest, like, oh, I'm just feeling good, but in the sense of like, this is in my mind all week, like just getting ready for this. I've got a whole week to prepare for this mentally. Yeah, and even scouting-wise, you know, they've got a whole week to prepare for what they've already saw in the first two games, and so do we. Um, as far as rest, yeah, like physically, you know, it's the start of the season. No one should be too tired yet. And if you're going to ask the players, they'd much rather play games than practice. But seven days is a long time to hear about the other team and to go through practices and have coaches yelling at you about not being in the right spot. And you got to worry about this guy for a long time. And then the buildup um, – it matters. By the time you get there, like everyone's going to be tuned in and everyone's going to be ready. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you haven't already got your tickets, get your tickets. What are you doing? If you're listening to this podcast, you should have your tickets for that game because it's going to be absolutely unbelievable. Probably another 10,000 people in the stadium. Balls, I can't wait. Yeah, Come say hi at the game. We're walking around. We're, yeah, we're I'm, with the people. Oh, I'm usually running around. There's, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to do. I'm a busy <laughs> so man. So busy. I know. I know you are. So am I. But make sure you say hi. Heard a lot of good feedback on the podcast. I yeah, well, I don't think anyone's going to tell me it sucks to my face. No, but... If, if you think it sucks, tell me to my face. If they mention it on their own, it's not like we're taking like a quiz, quizzing anybody about it. That's good. I'll also take quizzes. I'll quiz me. <laughs> we're not handing out like review sheets or anything like that. No, but thank you for listening as always. We'll be back next week, perhaps with a guest, perhaps not, perhaps just us two again, but breaking down the Tassie game and all the games to come. So thanks a lot, Balls. Can't wait.